This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, earlier in the show, we ran through some of the numbers around the uh, healthcare deal and uh, Daniel Smith's response to it. It's a proposed healthcare deal. Nothing's been signed yet. However, um, you know, it's a $2 billion payment to uh, try and deal with some of the immediate pressures that we're talking about. Um, and then there's also um, an increase to the health transfers uh, that get paid every year. So there's more money coming that way. And there's also um, the opportunity to explore some bilateral agreements. So provinces uh, can sort of detail exactly what's most important to their jurisdiction and work with some deals uh, with the federal government on that. So um, Danielle Smith says she saw some positive things uh, within that announcement. Uh, all the premiers saying they're disappointed with the level of increased funding. They wanted to see more. However, um, there are some positive indicators in there as well. So uh, that's the take from the politicians. What about uh, the docs? We're going to chat with the Canadian Medical Association and, and get their take on this situation, how they're feeling about what they saw. We're going to be speaking with past president um, Catherine Smart joining us now to talk about this. Uh, Dr. Smart, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. So, um, okay, first of all, we all know that there's some pretty serious issues. It's a crisis, depending on who you talk to. Um, what was your initial reaction to the announcement you heard uh, following the First Minister's meeting this week? Well, I think like many Canadians, I was relieved to see that we're at least starting down the road of making some progress. I think the federal government has laid out a blueprint of sort of what they're willing to do and some priority areas that they would like to see focused on. And, and those priority areas definitely align with things we've been advocating for at the Canadian Medical Association that are important to Canadians in terms of getting the healthcare system back on track. So that was encouraging. Um, but you know, I, I think it's the beginning. Uh, the, mm -hmm. What's going to matter is what actually happens. Um, of course, those bilateral agreements with each province are going to be important. I think that's where some of the accountability may come in a bit more strongly is there. Um, and then what are the provincial governments going to actually do with these dollars? How are, how are things going to be different? You know, one of the big things we've been talking about is the need to move the healthcare system beyond the status quo, which isn't serving Canadians. So so how do we take these investments and the dollars we're already spending on healthcare, and how do we make sure that we're actually actually getting at those root issues that need to be transformed so that healthcare is flowing effectively to people. And that's the outcome, of course, that really matters. So, you know, I think this is the beginning of that journey, uh, but what's going to be the most important is how quickly we get down the road. And quickly is also what Dr. Alika Fontaine was talking about, the current president of the CMA saying, you know what, all you leaders, you can't sit and wait on this one for too long. We need to do this and we need to do this now. It's it's an urgent situation. So same thing with you. Uh, we need to act. We can't We can't afford to wait. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree with Dr. Lafontaine. I mean, we've been calling out this emergency for months, if not years. Um, and now here we are at the beginning, which is which is good. It's it's better than being nowhere. Uh, but time is of the essence here, right? Things are getting worse daily. And, and one of the biggest issues of how things are getting worse is the people in the system who mm -hmm. are becoming increasingly burnt out and we're losing people, especially our nursing staff, which are so important uh, to the delivery of healthcare. And, and that's happening because they're being asked to show up daily to an untenable 
workplace. Um, so, you know, the longer we wait to address these challenges, I think the bigger the problems grow, the more people we lose. And given that the human health resources in the system are one of the biggest challenges, we just cannot afford to not be fixing things so that we can keep the experts that we have. Um, you mentioned the uh, bilateral agreements. Uh, we, you know, there's the immediate funding and then I guess we could call it strings attached, but the bilateral agreements focusing on four specific areas, um, access to family health care, um, finding, retaining, recruiting healthcare workers, mental health and substance abuse, and data collection and sharing. What are your thoughts on those four pillars that have been identified here? Do you agree with that? I absolutely do. I think those are four very critical pillars. You know, primary care is the foundation of our healthcare system. We need to ensure that every Canadian has access to a primary care health team. And we know Right now, you know, that number's increased from 5 million to 6.5 million Canadians without that access. So a focus there makes a ton of sense. It's necessary and it's the most cost-effective space that we spend our dollars. So I was really glad to see that. Again, the health workforce, like I was already mentioning, you know, the burnout, the issues that are huge. We've got to retain the people we have. Um, and they've got to be able to show up to a place where they can do their jobs in a fulfilling way and, and connect to that purpose that brought them into healthcare. So I think a focus there is key. Mental health is a huge issue as we all know uh, the mental health of Canadians has worsened through the pandemic. We're seeing, you know, again, that substance use issues, opioid overdose spiraling out of control across the country. So, and we know that often mental health services are not included in that package of universal health care. And many Canadians are having to pay out of pocket, which again creates an equity issue and a barrier for many people to get effective mental health care. So a focus there, I think, is, is essential. And data has to be part of it. You know, it's incredible that in 2023, we do not have high quality data flowing through our system yeah. that you know is accessible to Canadians right on two levels one that you as a citizen can see what's actually happening in your healthcare system and how are we moving the dashboard in a transparent way but also that you don't have access to your own medical information and your own medical record i mean those things are are quite shocking i think when you think of the way we interact with technology and data in the rest of our lives so that's got to change for sure yeah it's almost like a black hole and not only for it patients is. but for doctors too right it's really hard to just access this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease some of the information that would really help them do their jobs. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, you know, we, do, we can be in the same city and not have yeah. access, you know, to the physician in the community's record in the hospital and vice versa. And, and when you start to look at, you know, some cross-border things, you know, you think about people that live on the border of BC, but they're actually closer to Alberta. So they may be moving from, you know, for specialist care across into Calgary from, you know, the southern part of British Columbia. Well, now, you know, now it's impossible. Those physicians can't access anything of their health records. So, so this lack of, of data sharing, this lack 
of access to medical records. It's a huge issue. It impacts quality of care. It impacts costs because sometimes things get repeated that don't need to be just because you can't find what was already done. And and for patients, so frustrating uh, to not be able to, to have access to their own information. So we need to do a lot better in that space. As you said, this is just a start. It's a, I mean, there's some positive things within there, obviously. What has to happen next? Where do we need to go? Uh, as somebody who's been involved with the healthcare system for a while, uh, how do we fix this mess, Doc? Well, you know, again, I think we've just talked about four priority areas that would be a great starting point. Of course, there's many other things that we could talk about. Um, the healthcare system's complicated, but I don't think we're going to change anything if we don't choose an area and then choose a, a path forward, right? So let's set some goals and let's go there. If we want to say primary care, then let's set the goal of every Canadian having access to primary care, just like every child has access to a public school. And let's look at what needs to happen to actually make that a reality in the next five years. And let's let's make that you know, what needs to be done. Um, and, and I think you could say the same across these other issues. So I think we're going to need that leadership. We're going to have to set some audacious goals so that people can strive towards them. Um, and then I think, for, you know, for the different governments, the stakeholders are ready to do the work. They need to get those people to the table and lay out that pa- plan and let's put some metrics on it and let's get doing the work. Um, we're never going to get there if we don't start. And, and I think the time to start is now. One of the things that is in some circles a non-starter, and we've seen it come back into this conversation, uh, Doug Ford in Ontario, talking about some privately offered, publicly funded healthcare um, changes in his province. We know what happens in other parts of the country. What's the CMA take on that? Is that something that we could possibly expand or is that a slippery slope? Yeah, I think that's an important question. And, and again, when we talk about that, I think it's really important that we're clear what we're talking about. And it's a challenging conversation in Canada because often people are talking about different things but using the same language. So we already have a high volume of publicly funded privately mm-hmm. delivered health care in Canada. And I, in fact, most doctor's offices are exactly that. They're a small business where the physician funds the infrastructure of care through their public funds they receive for the services they give their patients. And that that model is, is very common. So we already have that. I think the bigger challenge, and I think what we should be more worried about is is the, the change in terms of for-profit health care. Um, I think there's lots of opportunities to have collaboration between private and publicly funded things as long as they're not for profit and as long as is if there's equity issues are being addressed and as long as we're using those dollars wisely as we do today and there's opportunities to expand there and improve access i think it's a different thing when you start to bring the for-profit aspect in that's when you start to have you know of course now some dollars instead of going directly to patient care being skimmed off to create profits for corporations that's when you start to get the equity issues and that's when you start to decrease the value so i think what we want to be really talking about is is our publicly system public healthcare system you know fully invested and fully optimized we know that it's not um, but i don't think that we should be afraid of different ways of delivering care as long as we're addressing that at the heart of that is equity and that the model is is not a, a for-profit model some of the people we've spoken to and i think it's a great idea and i don't know how we do it and i'm wondering if you have some thoughts it seems like unfortunately with the issues as important as healthcare, it would be really really helpful for all of us if they were removed from the election cycle somehow because I mean mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about premiers and the prime minister and of course they're they're all talking about we need a political win it's got to look right politically all these sorts of things if we could just have it done in the best interest of running the healthcare system rather than running for re-election can that be done is that possible 
Oh, I absolutely agree. Wouldn't that be amazing if it was? I mean, I think there's no question that the political cycle is a huge barrier when you're looking at something as significant as transforming the public health care system, right? It's it's not going to happen in a short amount of time. Um, and again, you know, just like we were talking about before, it's hard to have intelligent conversations about what's actually going on when everyone's trying to sling mud at each other with these sort of one-liner headlines that many times are actually not even accurate. So I, I would love to see a commitment from all levels of government to try to be less partisan about this issue, to recognize that it's going to take cooperation between the federal and provincial governments to solve this problem, that no one party or level of government got us here. And just as you said, this issue is of critical importance to every person in this country. So let's rise above that and let's understand that we're going to need to cooperate in different ways and in different levels of transparency to solve this. And that's in everyone's best interest. You know, it is the largest expenditure of our tax dollars in this country. Canadians deserve for that system to work. They deserve for it to be accountable. And I think they deserve to have their politicians move past the politics so that they can deliver healthcare to Canadians. So, you know, will that happen? I don't know. Do I think it should happen? Absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Dr. Smart, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate the conversation.